We like to start every Thursday with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym, and we try to figure out what are they talking about? Why are they talking about it? What does this have to do with me? And do I really need to know what this term is? Uh, and sometimes the answer is yes, because it will save you time and it will help you get to progress faster. It'll even save you money because if you stop and think about it, when you're paying an expert by the minute to talk to you, do you really want to spend that time having them educate you on what the terms mean that they're asking? If you don't know what they are, yes, you do, but you can get further if you already have an idea. And I'll tell you this too, when you start to know the jargon terms and you start asking questions using the jargon terms, I have seen what the experts do and their faces change and they go, oh, I'm talking to somebody who knows what they're talking about here and they will start telling you more. You get more done faster. So that's part of why we do this. And it's empowering. That's, I think that's another part of it. So anyway, our jargon term today, which we've never done before, but this came up in a phone call that I was on in a with a parent the other day, I used the term vocal stereotypy. And they went, huh, what, where? And I said, ah, yes, vocal stereotypy. And we should have that as jargon of the day. Why do we not do that? Because when I was um, in intensive early intervention with my son, this was a word that, this was a phrase that came up frequently. So vocal stereotypy, let's start with our actual definition so we can make fun of it because it's filled with words that don't help us. Uh, vocal stereotypy, non-contextual or non-functional speech, including singing, babbling, repetitive grunts, squeals, and phrases unrelated to the present situation. Okay, as actual definitions go, this one isn't the worst one, right? Kind of makes a certain amount of sense, especially within the field of autism. I remember the first time I asked somebody, vocal stereotypy, what's that? And they said, oh, it's stereotypical behavior that in involves vocal utterances. And I said, okay, you rearrange the words in that a little, but what, <laughs> what, what does it mean, stereotypical behavior? Uh, so let's move on to our working definition so we get a little bit clearer picture here. Vocal stereotypy is noises that are made that are not for communication purposes. Now, um, some of our kiddos do a lot of vocal stereotypy and some of them don't. Um, I will say this, that from my point of view, what, what I've seen and heard is that when our kids are making noises and capable of making noises, that usually we want to put that in the column of woohoo, that's good news. Because if they're making noises, then we don't have to worry about connecting things brain-wise and, and vocal noise-wise to get to vocal sound. And once we have vocal production, we can work really hard to shape that into words and to communications with a lot of our kids. Not all of them, because all of our kids are not going to get to speech. We're working every day so that a higher percentage can, and already the percentage is greatly improved over the last 10 years. Um, but we, we'd love to get to 100%, right? But in general, when we hear these utterances, a lot of those kids, the majority, the vast majority of those kids, we can get to vocal speech and even to um, functional communication with speech. So it, it isn't something we want to dread, right? But vocal stereotypy can drive you crazy if you're the person who's uh, the main caretaker for the person who's in, engaging in it because it's noises that they are making. And a lot of times we call this 
Uh, a self-stimulatory behavior, although that's a little bit of a misnomer because sometimes it's to calm them down, not to stimulate them. Um, but we call it stimming, vocal stimming. And um, it is something that is, the better phrase for it is that it's automatically reinforcing. So there's something internal that feels good about it. Have you ever had a cold and been so stuffed up in the mask of your face that you hum to kind of make it vibrate so that it, it like drains? It's an old trick that I was taught years ago that you, you hum and it makes the, the mucous membranes vibrate just a little bit and it will help you to be less stuffed up. Um, well, that in a way is something that is automatically reinforcing. It's on the inside. I'm not humming to make you happy. I'm humming because it feels good for my sinuses. In fact, humming, unless I'm humming for the benefit of somebody else, there are people that hum all the time because there's something soothing about it. That some, for some people, it stimulates the, what is it, the vagus nerve that's there that helps to calm you down. There are people who cis, right? <laughs> I know somebody who said to me that she had a boyfriend who cis, that it's all the time and it made her crazy to the point that she broke up with him because she couldn't be around it. My kiddo made little R2-D2 noises and, and he hadn't even seen Star Wars when he started making them, but he would make these very, I can't even do it because my voice is too low. He would make these very high pitched noises and it felt good to him. He would do it all the time and whenever he, whenever you'd be some, and even after he was speaking, he would make them so you would show him something that was cool and he would go kind of like R2-D2 would. Um, or is it, C no, it's R2-D2 that makes those noises. So uh, we see some kids that will just utter a word or a phrase over and over and over again um, and or, or sing the same little thing over and over and over again or make grunting noises. Um, all of those things come under the heading of vocal stereotypy. They're not functional in terms of communication. They're not meant to, you know, to say, I want that. It's something on the inside that it is taken care of. And some of our kids do those uh, because it feels good. Some of them do it because they're bored. Some of them uh, do it to calm themselves down. But it's all under the heading of vocal stereotypy. And uh, so if somebody's talking to you about, well, you know, here's what we're going to do about vocal stereotypy, um, that's what they're referring to. And I think it's super duper important, having gone through a child who engaged in vocal stereotypy a lot and who still, quite honestly, occasionally does, what, you know, there were so many different things that we did to work on vocal stereotypy, but over the years, as he grew a little bit older, we put it in context and said, you know, we do certain things at certain times and other things we don't do at different times. Like we don't take our pants down when we're in the middle of a classroom, right? We don't make these noises while we're taking a test. We don't, you know, we don't do this. So there, but he is allowed to, when he's at home by himself playing a video game, you know, who cares? Um, and I think it's important that we understand what the function of the behavior is and not just rip it away. There is something about vo vocal stereotypy that's serving a purpose and so be mindful of that and whoever your provider is, make sure that they're not just like, oh, well, you know, we're going to get rid of it without giving something to replace it. 
or talking about in context, you can do it during these times, but not during these times. I think all of that is super duper important. Vocal stereotypy, it's a thing. <laughs>